0: and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Last week Britt started our series, it's called Surrender, but she spoke about sacrifice and and, and and really, that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about sacrifice. And she did the, the hard yards, if I can put it that way, of setting a, a bit of a base for what it means, what a sacrifice is. And, and we're speaking about a sacrifice from the Old Testament, our Old Testament understanding of what a sacrifice is. Uh, but the reality is, uh, it, it's not just uh, the Jews and the um, the Israelites that sacrificed. But in the Old Testament times, many, or, many groups sacrificed. They did it for all sorts of reasons. Uh, some of them did it to appease the gods. Some of them did it in the hope that they would get rain. Some did it in the hope that they would get sunshine. Some ho- did it in the hope that they would get wealthy. And people were in the habit of sacrificing something to get an outcome. The difference in the Old Testament, it was primarily about cleaning up their lives. It was about paying for their sinfulness. There were sacrifices given in thanks to God, but you've got two things happening. You've got the, the Israelites giving thanks to God on the one hand and making an offering, and on the other hand, you've got them making a sacrifice to pay for their wrong, to pay for their sin. And we need to understand that that is something that has been done once and for all now through what Jesus Christ has done. Once and for all. And I I want to say that with a sense of intensity because too often we think we can pay. And it's the work of the enemy trying to condemn you. When you do the wrong thing, and we all do the wrong thing, we think we are going to be punished. We think that we have to pay somehow for the wrong that we did. But Jesus' sacrifice on the cross paid for our sin once and for all time. It says there is therefore now no condemnation uh, condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I can say this as strongly as I possibly can to start. Stop beating up on yourself because you're not perfect. Stop beating up on yourself because you do the wrong thing. Stop thinking that somehow God is going to switch the universe around and, and as a result of your sin, you're going to have to pay somehow. This is not the gospel. This is not the good news. This is not the intention that God has for your life. And, and the enemy works in all of us innately to get us to pay. Why? Because if we think we have to pay, at some point we realise the debt is too high. And we give up, we walk away. Some of you think when you have a car accident that somehow you're paying for your sin. Now if you're driving too fast, go through a red light, you are. But you think when things go wrong that somehow God is punishing you, God doesn't work like that. You think that when there's a a relationship difficulty that somehow God is against you. He's not against you. He's for you. And if I can say this from the start today, I want you to understand God is for you. Through what Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross and the rock was rolled against the tomb and it was sealed, he sealed forever, once and for all, the practice of sacrifice or paying for your sin there is no way you can pay. And so what we need to do is move out of an era where we think we are still paying. We look around at people at times and we judge one another. We think, oh well, it's okay for them, but clearly God is making me pay for the wrong that I did. He doesn't work that way. He doesn't work that way. And can I challenge you to change your thinking if you're stuck in that cycle because it's not God's purpose. It's it's not God's plan. And, and, And the rock when it was sealed and Jesus was in the tomb, that sealed the end of an era. It sealed the end of an era where you have to pay for your sin. Done once and for all. No penance. No purgatory. No crops that fail. Probably got no crops anyway. No losing your job because you did the wrong thing. God doesn't work that way. And He hasn't ever worked that way. Sacrifices were made so that we could be reconciled together with God. Paul, so, so this triggered a new era. At the point at which Jesus died... It triggered a new era. We know that he rose again, but we'll talk about that some other time. It triggered a new era. And in Romans chapter 12, Paul starts to speak about this. So we've got three different passages of... or three different versions of the same passage of Scripture. So if you guys could put that up, I think this is the NIV to start. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Let' we'll stop there for a sec. Let's understand what's being said. Paul is saying, you know, in light of all that God has done in Christ, there is still an option for us with regard to sacrifice. But look at the sacrifice that he's asking for. In view of God's mercy, which we know, he's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, perpetually alive. You don't die. But offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he goes on and he says, don't, be, uh, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so he's talking about your body and your mind being offered as a living sacrifice. How is it that we become a sacrifice? And, 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 and let's just understand this. You know, there are still people today that die for the faith. Depending on where you read and what you read, 45 million people died. Christians died for their faith through the last century. Some people will say, oh, it's not that that high, it's only 20 million. Only 20 million? People gave their lives because they were determined not to turn their back on Christ. Let's just understand, though, that they're not a sacrifice... Right, because their sacrifice is payment for something that was wrong. They were martyred, they offered themselves, it's completely different. It still costs their lives. And we need to understand that this is happening still today. There were more people, 65% of all the martyrs died in the last 100 years. So if you go back through the last 2,000 years... Or the, uh, the, the previous, before, the, before 1900, if you go back before then, only 35% of the people that were martyred died in that period, in 1900 years. In the next 100 years, 65% of all the martyrs. These people gave themselves as an offering to God. They refused to deny themselves. But let's understand... While they may have been sacrificed for the cause, it was not somehow making them better. What God demands of us today is that we give our lives body and mind. In other words, the sacrifice that's required of us now is that we conduct ourselves differently as a result of what Christ has done. The tension with that is this, we know what perfect looks like, but we are not perfect. Let's go to the the second um, translation. There's a New Living Translation, he says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. Just hold it there for a sec. The way we live is important. Because when it comes... Worship is an act of thanks. It's an act of surrender. Worship is us bowing down, if you like, to God. And the way we conduct ourselves is important because it shows we're bowing who we're bowing to. You're bowing to somebody somewhere. You're either bowing to God through the way you live your life, or you're bowing to the enemy through the way, you, or you may well be bowing to yourself, but you're bowing somewhere, you're worshipping somebody, you are getting your direction from one place or another. And, and Paul here in writing to the Romans church, he says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. I don't know how many people ask the question, what's God's will for me? Well, the Bible is really, really clear. There is only one way to know what God's will is, and that's by conducting yourself in a way that honours God. Too often, what happens is we are guilty of of trying to know what God's will is while misbehaving. And we're thinking that somehow we can work it all out. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. As we behave, if I can put it this way, God's will becomes obvious. It's not the other way. God's not going to entice you. He's not going to tease you. He's not going to lure you. He has done everything that's required already. Your susceptibility to understanding God's purpose and plan for your life lies in your actions. And so, uh, let's go to the amplified version, which is the last one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers... This is a longer one, usually. (laughs) Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in His plan and purpose for you. Um, Let's go back to the NIV version, which is the first one. There are two critical words here that um, that we can read <clears throat> and it's just holy, uh, holy and pleasing to God. Holiness speaks about us being set apart, separated, taken aside. Sometimes we think of holy in, in, in strange esoteric terms but it simply means just set apart. In other words, this is a vessel set apart for what? For God's use. <clears throat> Sorry, we don't have the, the same um, custard thing that your mum has with the chip in it. But we have all sorts of other bits and pieces in the kitchen. And from time to time, it's like really, really frustrating. I, use, I know you're not supposed to use Roundup, but I use Roundup. Kills Kills weeds and um and you know how do I say this politely? You, you've got to measure the roundup, don't you? <laughs> right? You, you need a measuring container, and there's one place in our house that has measuring containers. They don't have chips in them because they're plastic, but I've got numbers on the side tells you how many you, you know milliliters there are <clears throat> and um Ruth would say those containers are set aside for food. Which makes sense, I suppose. But, you know, when you really need to know how much poison you're putting in the water (laughs) and you can't find any other way, well, you just quickly sneak into the kitchen while she's not looking and you take the container that you need. Some of you are horrified by this and Ruth isn't actually in Perth, she's in hospitals. Oh, not really, not really, not really. (laughs) Now, some of you are horrified, you're thinking you took what from the kitchen and you put Roundup in it? Yeah, I did, but I never put it back in the kitchen. It's now holy, it's set apart for the Roundup. It was set apart for something else. But if I can say this carefully and politely... You are containers that hold the presence of God. And sin is more potent than Roundup. And the container you are is supposed to be set apart for the things God has got in mind and it ought not to be contaminated by the sinfulness of the things in the world around about us. Because the outcome is equally potent as if I put the container I've got for the Roundup back in the kitchen and it was used. What actually happens is it's not as clearly discernible as what I'm saying, but what actually happens is is we take this container, we sing songs of worship and then somewhere, somehow through the week, whether in our minds or in our body, we contain a poison that begins to destroy who we are. And what happens is, sadly, that poison doesn't only affect one area; it affects every area. And in our mind, with I can't do this anymore. I'm not up for this anymore. I can't. I can't resist this anymore. And the enemy works to destroy us. John 10:10, 10, 10, and I quote it all the time. But and I only quote the positive part. The negative part is the enemy's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And how he does it is by mixing up that which is set apart for God, allowing some of the previous sinfulness to, to destroy us yet again. And so, you know, worship, you, you know, it's nice singing a song, it's nice when the song feels good, it's nice when we think or feel that God's presence is here But that's not what Paul's talking about. He's saying, I want to take all of you and make you a living sacrifice. In other words, a testimony of God's goodness. And sometimes our actions, our attitudes, our behaviour, our thinking seems to have us aligned with our enemy rather than with our saviour. And I said it at the start but I'll say it again, all of us are imperfect, less than we want to be. And when we fail, in, in, in Hebrews it speaks about the fact that we nail Christ to a cross again. In other words, the sacrifice that was made once for all has to be repeated to cover over the next sinfulness. Or the next thing that we do that is motivated by sin. And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad because your feelings don't actually make any difference because we're dealing with facts. The fact is once for all Christ died for us. And you may feel regret or guilt associated with sin but the Bible again, as I said before, says there is therefore now no condemnation. The best thing you can do, the best thing you can do is quickly turn around, repent, Don't wallow in self-pity, don't beat yourself up, don't, don't work out a way for you to punish yourself or for God to punish you, but get back on the horse, if I can say it this way, and keep doing what God has called you to do. That's the greatest punishment to the enemy that there could possibly be. You see, the goal of the enemy is to keep you corralled, contained, discontent, He wants you to moan and whinge and and feel bad. But Christ came that you might find freedom. And the reality is that freedom is offered to us all consistently, continually, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. Do I ever think the wrong thing? Yes. Do I do the wrong thing? Yes. And I'd say it's probably true for you. But the most power we give the enemy is when we wallow in our self-pity and our sinfulness and in so doing nullify the work of the cross. So what Paul was saying, it's a new era. It's a new day. It's a new way of thinking. Let's talk for just a couple more moments about sacrifice. Prayer is not sacrifice. People sometimes will say, oh, I'm just fasting sacrifice. No, it's not a sacrifice. It's not a payment you are making. You might be sacrificing something in your mind, but it is not a sacrifice biblically. When when you calculate it, it doesn't pay for your sin. It might be an offering, but it's not a payment for your sin. Prayer, fasting, prayer is probably easier than fasting. It's something you do to continue to dedicate yourself to God, to continue to set yourself apart. Forgiveness is not a sacrifice, it's a new way of living. Second part of the verse do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Forgiveness is a part of our new way of living, it's not a sacrifice. Generosity is a part of our new way of living, it's not a sacrifice. Loving others is not a sacrifice, it's a new way of living, it's a a part of us being changed and transformed. Sharing the good news is a part of our new way of living. And I just want to encourage you today that too often we use the word sacrifice and what we're really saying is we're sacrificing our selfishness. Oh, I'm fasting coffee and I couldn't have a coffee this morning. I'm thinking, I don't like coffee so it's no sacrifice. And you think you're doing it tough. It's not, you may be doing it as an offering but it's not a sacrifice. Let's throw the term Away and use it for what it's, what it's appropriately used for. We are called to be those who offer ourselves as living sacrifices if the musicians had come now. And that means a change in our thinking and a change in our actions. And the Holy Spirit works on us and in us to transform us so that the way we conduct ourselves with those around about us continues to become a light that shines ever brighter. Paul speaks about in Corinthians, he says we're changed from glory to glory. In other words, there's there's a light that's shining and that light is going to keep getting brighter as time goes on. What's happening? The old man's passing away and the new one's coming through. Paul speaks about getting older and he says, you know, I may be getting older on the outside, but what's inside of me is taking more and more space. He's talking about the Christ within. I want to encourage you today, you know, we're heading up towards Easter. and, And the greatest sacrifice that could have been made on our behalf was made because God the Father gave His Son that we might be reconciled together with Him and so that we might experience eternal life Um, and life life everlasting beyond the grave but also a powerful life here and now a fulfilled life here and now and some of our struggle is this battle we have with sin and self-condemnation and we're going to put an end to it and say no more no more I'm not going to let myself be beat up by my own thinking. I'm not going to let myself be beat up by the enemy's thinking. I'm not going to assume that somehow God is punishing me because I'm not perfect. It's not the way God works. All He's asking for us to do is to allow ourselves, to submit ourselves to the process of sanctification, that our minds and our bodies might be renewed. And then we'll know, the end of verse 2, Perfect and acceptable will of God. In other words, we'll experience all He's got in mind for us. Will you stand together with me this morning? When it comes to prayer, the enemy has the same tactic. It says, well, Little word in your ear. Why should God answer your prayer when you haven't read your Bible this week? Why should God answer your prayer because you're still not reconciled with your work colleague? Why should God answer your prayer because you're good for nothing? Never amount to anything. I'll tell you why. God will answer your prayers because He loves you. He'll answer His prayers because He sent His Son to die for you. He'll answer His prayers because He's a God who's alive, He's omnipotent, omnipresent, He's immutable. He's with you every step of the way. And this morning, in a moment, I'm going to pray. But like you and with you, I have areas of challenge in my life. Some of them are personal. Some of them are public. What I mean by that is, you know, some of them are internal. And some of them relate to the world in which we live, in the workplace, in our neighborhood, in our relationships. And you know, I just believe that God wants to give you breakthrough this morning. I'm not saying that You haven't prayed before, but what I'm believing is as we pray this morning that God is going to give you breakthrough. Whether that be in a personal challenge or whether that be in some other challenge. And we're going to believe. Why? Because God answers prayer. And through this week, I want you to do your best to to be set apart for God to. Conduct yourself in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to Him. Not because you'll be rewarded, but because by doing so, you're honoring Him. You're conducting yourself in a way that brings Him pleasure, but also shines a light to those around about you. And so this morning, if you're here in this place and there are things that you've been praying for that you're needing an answer to prayer for, I'm going to ask you simply to lift your hand, I'm not asking anyone to come to the front. I, I, my hand's lifted up. God, if there, there, there are things that I need an answer to prayer in. So if that's you this morning, if there's something, whether it's private and personal, whether it's public, whatever it is, let's just lift our hand up. And as I pray, let's, we, God will join all those prayers together. And we're just going to ask Him to move by His Holy Spirit and to answer us in the area that we have a need in. Father... You see those hands that are lifted and my prayer this morning is that you would give us breakthrough. Whether it be in our private life, in our quiet life, in our in and our minds, and our attitude, in our feelings about ourselves, or whether it be something external to us with regard to finance or relationships or or some other thing, Father, I pray today as we are standing together in this place that you would move by your Holy Spirit and that you would undertake on behalf of us all so that we can see a difference make make a difference in that area. Father, just move by your Holy Spirit, I pray. Move by your Holy Spirit, I pray. And now I pray too for the week that lies ahead. Father, I want to be a living sacrifice. I want to be set apart, holy, and I want my conduct to be acceptable to you and a light that shines to others. Father, I thank you for the sacrifice that has been made, but My responsibility now is to conduct myself in a way that's honourable to you. And I ask that you would help me to do that. That you would help us all to do that. That you might be glorified and lifted up, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.